Hey y'all, this is Brittany and I'm here with Mackenzie and you're listening to Rising Radiant Podcast. Today we continue our relationship series as we dive into connection codes with Dr. Glenn and Phyllis Hill. You're in for a great treat. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Dr. Glenn and Philip. We're so excited to have you guys. Thank you. We're super excited to be here. Yes. And to all of our listeners, Dr. Glenn and Phyllis are remarkable. They have a profound ministry called The Connection Codes that literally transforms relationships, parenting, marriages, and just your personal walks with the Lord. And so we're so excited to have you guys today. And personally impacted my life and just the authority and the mantle in the marriage. Do you guys want to tell us, start off with just telling us a little bit about connection codes and just the heart behind what you guys do? Yeah. Um, well, let me first give a disclaimer. I don't claim to speak for the Almighty, so if I miss on something, <laughs> it's not God's fault. I just want to make sure that's clear. Um, <laughs> I appreciate the, the uh, introduction and the reference, but whew, <laughs> Well, the connection goes basically grew out of our pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, we married young and we were completely unprepared. 24 hours before our wedding, we were excited. We we're going to live happily ever after. And 48 hours after our wedding, we were doomed. And mm-hmm. uh, I was mad at God because I just signed a 70 year contract. I was 20 years old and didn't mm-hmm. even know how long seven years was. But I was like, whoa, this is intense. 70 years. Here we go. Because <laughs> uh, we were just clueless. I mean, we were mm-hmm. so unprepared. We had no idea. We didn't need better intentions. I think that's part of what we miss so often is we try to get people to have better intentions. We had great intentions. We didn't have any tools. We had no idea uh, how to connect, uh, certainly not connect deeply. Includes the sexual uh, arena. I'm a clinical sexologist, and uh, that, again, grew out of our pain, mm-hmm. me wanting to understand uh, this. So, uh, fast, so we were ruined on our honeymoon. Fast forward 10 years, we got a little bit of help along the way, slowly began turning a very large ship. And simultaneously, all of our friends uh, began divorcing, and we were intrigued by that, what they experienced that we didn't experience because we didn't follow the paperwork. Uh, I think there were times when we were divorced, we just didn't make it official. And so initially, just out of morbid curiosity, we asked people what happened, and, and people would give the standard answers. You know, we grew apart, and... You know, we fell out of love. Well, we just happened to, and this may have been a God nudging, I don't know, but we would ask the follow-up question, like, wait, what does that mean you you grew apart, like on a Tuesday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Because at some point you grew together, that's why you voluntarily went on the second and third date, you showed up at your wedding day. Mm-hmm. So, and again, initially just out of curiosity, then it became our quest and, and a mission, and now it's our passion, because we now know, just scientifically, what causes people to disconnect uh, I always say that I'm the educated one, Phyllis is the smart one, uh, because all of the brilliant things that have come, that have led us to where we are, Phyllis figured out. And I did a massive amount of research trying to figure out what causes people to disconnect. You know, Susie and John did not plan to be friends for six months, two years, and then they're going to end up hating each other. They didn't plan that. Something funky happened along the way. So I did this research extensively and exhaustively to figure out what causes people to disconnect. But when I presented all that to Phyllis, at some point she said, well, wait, if that's what causes people to disconnect, what if we flip that upside down? That's what causes people to connect. And I said, yeah, 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 I, I knew that. That was my next. <laughs> I really didn't. I had no idea. But it's true. And we figured out 
This is how we get people to connect. We do these things, Phyllis and Glenn will connect deeply. It doesn't matter if they've been wounded in the past, because we were many, 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 many thousands and thousands of times, but we figured out this is how people connect. And and the part of the beauty of the connection codes is that it's based on the human condition. It's not a theory, it's not a philosophy, it's not an idea we came up with around campfire one weekend. This is based on the human condition. Therefore, I know that it applies to McKenzie. I know that it applies to Brittany. I know that it applies to whoever we're sitting with because they're human. Uh, it does not work with camels. We tried that and it's very frustrating. Uh, but we know that it works with humans and it's kind of beautiful because it's universal. And uh, we're, as I, I mentioned earlier, we're in 47 different countries now. It just works. It's cross-cultural because it's based on the human condition. You know, when when our marriage, when we started, we had what we thought were all the right ingredients, all the yeah. foundation. We both were very passionate about God. We, you know, we were able to pray together. We dove into the word together. We would study the word together. Um, we were, you know, heavily involved in ministry. We loved community. We loved church. And, you know, we had a heritage from that as well and you know and even starting off we had good jobs we had bought our first house the same month we got married and so on paper it all looks like this will be incredible and it just right away you know again throwing in the ingredient of sex really threw us um in a big way and it just, we didn't have the tools to even know how to communicate about that. We didn't know how to even tune in to our own needs right. in that arena. And so it became, and we, no one had talked to us ahead of time. So we didn't know who to turn to, to talk about these things. It seemed so vulnerable. And so that began a slow, but strong disconnection that we had with each other. And that was the topic. That was the topic that brought the most pain. And yet we didn't know who to talk to. So from that, it just about destroyed us. And, and when we finally got some help and found some friendships that we felt safe in and started talking. And then as Glenn talked about just two, 10 years in, it was like, we started realizing that this is a topic. Sex is a topic that most couples uh, fight about, don't know who to talk to, don't have good resources. Mm. And, you know, the church is pretty silent about it. Mm. And books that are written are mostly about the things that we are doing wrong mm. and that we're not supposed to be doing, but they're not really taking us to, down a path that is very helpful. And the, you know, the connection codes is from a scientific kind of base of just, as Glenn mentioned, all the research that he did has to do with how we, how our brains fire emotion. I didn't know that. Many people don't know that. I think we believe that we can opt in or opt out of emotion. Um, for a lot of us, emotion is, is what wrecks us. So we don't think of it as something that we're supposed to lean into, that we're supposed to tune into, that we're supposed to identify. And so a lot of 
where we got to eventually, and when, you know, Glenn did all the research, went back to school to get his doctorate, it was the realization that most of us just barely miss each other, but that barely miss is so painful. And once we disconnect, I mean, many of us disconnect from friends, from family, and we don't know how to get that back. Mm. It's almost mm. like there we've, we almost, it's mythical. It's a, like, it'll be a miracle if we ever get it back together, mm. instead of realizing we just don't have the right language. We don't have the right tools. We don't, we don't know how to even for ourselves find what's happening for us. And that's the biggest, even the, the verbiage in the connection codes is what's happening. And for us to tune into each other, not in logistics. I think we, we live in a very logistical, I mean, even like having that, well, if you pray together every day, your marriage is going to be great. Well, we prayed together every day and our marriage wasn't great. And well, you just need to pray more. And so pray we more. would pray more or you need to read your Bible. Well, we do read our Bible and you need to read your Bible more. Well, we do read our Bible more. And it was like, we just were so desperate for help because we were wounding each other almost every day, but, but not out of viciousness, not out of meanness. It was like, we just didn't know how to show up for each other. We didn't know how to be safe for each other. And, you know, a lot of the connection codes language is to give you the way to give you the tools, to give you a way to understand yourself, but then also communicate that to, if you're married, to your spouse, um, but other relationships too. It just, it's amazing how when we get to the core of our, and we're able to communicate with that, it makes such a difference. And uh, somebody mentioned this to, to me yesterday that I guess I had responded with a text message where I said, I feel a lot of guilt, but I need to reschedule. She said, that was so healing like that. She said, I couldn't believe you worded it that way. And that she said, that just washed over me. Mm-hmm. And I, I was almost like that a little bit shocked that it meant so much to her. But it was because I was just being authentic and I was being at the core and I was owning, not just owning what was happening, I was communicating from my vulnerability what was really happening in that situation. Yeah, when we talk about the tools, you know, I always view it that somebody's trying to get a nail in a board and they have just been working on this for so long and they've worn themselves out and they're exhausted. And we keep saying to them culturally, you just need to try harder. And they're thinking, I'm exhausted. I've tried the hardest I possibly know how. And then we realize they've been using a broom. They've been trying to get this nail in a board with a broom and they're just beating on it. And it's penetrated the wood a little, but not very much. They just don't have the right tool. And the connection codes come along and say, oh, here's what we call a hammer. And they use the hammer and they're like, well, that works. Who knew? And so for Phyllis and me, literally for decades, so painful to think, my gosh, decades? How many days is that? How many hours is that? How many minutes is that? Yeah. That we're wailing away on this nail, but we're using a broom. Yeah. Just had no idea. And once we got the right tools, to this day, I mean, we're old, I'm 60. Uh, we've been doing this a while. To this day, we look at each other like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? It's this simple. It's not necessarily easy, but it's this simple. And it really is when you have the right tools. So good. And I, I love what Phyllis, you said about 
that tool of like what's happening for you. I think that was one of the most powerful things. Like you guys, your connection was just jam packed with stuff, but what you guys are sharing, I think takes away the, there's kind of like a negative connotation sometimes to emotions. Mm. People who are always just like emotions are bad. We have to shut them down. Or if you're emotional, there's something wrong with you. And I think you guys carry so much freedom in your ministry with mm. the power of like just walking freely in your emotions. So that was super transformational. And one of the things in that, I think that you talk about is what's happening for you, like pressing in for connection there. And could you talk a little bit more about that? I think that that has just transform, transformed me and it invites people into more connection there when we want to shut down and whether we feel judged or we feel shame or we feel guilt and instead a friend or, you know, a spouse saying what's happening for you. I think that's mm-hmm. such a game changer. It invites space. And I mm-hmm. think I've shared this, it invites people into like, hold space for people's emotions. And yeah. I think, you know, the world doesn't know how to do that. I think culture says shut emotions down. We should feel ashamed of them. We should be scared of them. And that's how much, so much shame comes in. And I think, you know, secrecy and all these things that people want to hide in. And so I love that you guys kind of expose that and you, and you invite people into this narrative of what's happening for you guys. Like, let's call it out. Let's shine it to the light. Tell me how you're feeling. Let's pinpoint that emotion. And it actually breeds more connection in relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And so much of our research was just observation, just watching mm-hmm. interactions. Uh, because again, we didn't know, I mean, I had quite a lengthy list of degrees and certifications. And what I was experiencing was none of this really works. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the data on it is really embarrassing uh, as far as the percentage of uh, couples that are helped uh, that, that by self-report say we were distinctly helped by this. So I was like, there's got to be a better way. This doesn't make any sense. So we just started watching interactions and seeing what connected people and what disconnected people. And even phrases like, you know, so tell me how you feel. What we observed was they did not connect people when they said that and usually disconnected them. So again, we're just throwing stuff on the wall, trying to figure out there's got to be an answer here. We didn't know what it was, but we were convinced there was. And then, I mean, what really clinched it for us, the four of us were in the same room together and somebody came running in the room and they had a big gash on their arm and they were bleeding. All four of us would do some version of, oh my goodness, what happened? We would not say, oh, how does that make you feel? You know, oh, tell me more about that. We wouldn't. We just ask what's happening. And we also, a lot of our research was watching uh, interactions with babies, you know, with a 12-month-old, with a 15-month-old, with an 18-month-old. And we do that all the time with babies. We'll go, oh, buddy, what's happening? So we just, that's kind of automatically in this. And it seems to be cross-language, again, because we Zoom with people all over the world. Uh, because you're just inviting them into their own experience and you're going to find out what's happening with them. You're going to be present with them. You're going to be safe uh, with them. Uh, and so we beg people, it's what we call the three phrases. Uh, that's our international gang symbol is the, the three uh, fingers <laughs> um, to the ground. But um, just to ask me, the ooh has lots of variations. The what's happening is pretty scientific. We've uh, researched it exhaustively. And it's fairly empirical to just ask people what's happening with them. You know, I think that just the language, even understanding emotion, the science behind it, the fact that our brain houses emotion and that there's uh, 
five regions of the brain and that they have they house eight core emotions and if you were hooked to a brain scan you would be able to see that we have lost touch with that culturally we've been told emotions are wrong or bad or suppress get over it move on toughen up rise up and, and that's centuries old yeah, that's not a new yeah. development and and so you know with the help of understanding the science and help to understand even being able to tune in and the you know what's happening is just a question whether we ask ourselves what's happening mm. but to realize that emotions are your guide they're not your dictator they're just your guide and that they're there for a purpose mm. and for us to tune in to ourselves and then with each other it's that question that so often slows us down and you know someone may say if you say oh what's happening well i'm so stressed out but how do you define stress? We don't know what that really means. And it's very different for each person. We may think we know, and we may go, oh, yeah, me too, I'm really stressed out too. But then really, did you really connect on that? Because your brain, you, you know, it's, it's really not tuning into that because that's not a core emotion, that's just a term. Mm -hmm. But if you go, well, what's happening with stress, getting the person to actually get to their core, they may express fear. That's what's happening. They may express just shame over not being able to get a project done. You, it's like you don't know until you actually get that person or ourselves to get to the core. And sometimes we just have buzzwords like stress or I feel so overwhelmed. But it's almost like when you get that yourself or the other person to tune in and get to the core then you may go well i feel a lot of fear and then you're able to lean into that what's happening with the fear and then they'll say i just feel a lot of fear about just being at home all day with with the babies because i don't i don't know that i'm doing this well well then you are going somewhere really sacred and deep and you're hearing just at the core what's happening but sometimes all we get out is, well, I feel so overwhelmed. Well, then we we become very task oriented. Well, can't you get the dishes done? Can't you get the laundry done? But that's not even where it's at. It's deeper than that. It's the fear of failure as a mom that then gets talked about if you'll go deeper, if you will really lean into what's happening at the core, which is understanding the emotion and understanding. And, you know, for a lot of us, we have to reactivate that like we don't we're so far from it we don't even know how to tune into ourselves and how to then tune into others and glenn mentioned quickly just the the ooh which is another teaching which is actually just a title of how to audibly show up for each other how to you know to when someone is sharing at the core for us to not just stare blankly not just nod our head up and down but actually verbally say something like oh yes or wow or i get that or i hear you yeah. it's an acknowledgement which also triggers their brain it tickles their brain and so much of it is the idea is you need to release this from your body you know the body really keeps the score and if all we've been doing is suppressing and suppressing and suppressing then that's where your gut gets out of sorts your back gets out of sorts your feet get out of sorts and it's just trying to hold on to all that emotion and we need to release that emotion for our bodies to really function at its height. And of course, in relationship, if Glenn knows what's really happening with me, that's where we connect. 
if I'm hiding the fear, then eventually I blow up and then it looks like anger, but really it started off with sadness or hurt or fear, but I didn't express it in that moment. I, I just thought I had to stuff it, stuff it. And then all of a sudden I blow up, which is just an emotional dam breaking. And then what the other person experiences just anger and they go, well, you got an anger issue. It's like, no, I've got an unprocessed emotion issue because I wasn't processing at the core when it actually happened. Yeah. And also there's when we finally realized that humans connect through emotion, not through logistics. Mm -hmm. And what most of us think is if we just talk it out, talk long enough, it'll work out. Well, our story was certainly not. We would talk literally for, and when I say we, it was mostly me, <laughs> for hours and that is poor girl. I mean, literally, I kid you not. I mean, a three, four, five hour conversation, again, mostly monologue, my part, was very common for us. And it didn't connect us at all. It actually disconnected us even more. So it's not a matter of, oh, well, you just need to uh, you know, just keep talking it through. No. But once we get to the core, we're startled to this day. We virtually never uh, well, we virtually never disconnect. We disconnect about three or four times a year, which we used to disconnect three or four times before breakfast. So that kind of blows our minds. <laughs> Even our tense moments rarely last more than 30 seconds. And to this day, because we did this poorly for so long, to this day, we'll look at each other. We'll, we will have processed through something in 20 seconds, 25 seconds. And we look at each other like, is, is like, that, is that it? <laughs> you know, we're waiting for the, you know, the monster's foot to drop on us and, we're just kind of looking around like, well, dang, that, what? Did, we could have been doing that for the last 30 years, and we just didn't know. We didn't have, again, we didn't have the right tools. We're beating on a nail with a broom, and we're clueless. And it's just startling to us how simple, again, not necessarily easy, but how simple all this is. That's so good. That's really powerful. Yeah, I love it. And listening to you guys, it's like we really are so naive as a culture on how to express emotions and how to talk about emotions. And, you know, I know for myself, when I went to Bethel for the first time, I remember taking this class where I really learned about myself, like, wow, I refuse to process any negative emotion. Everything's good all the time. Everything's fine all the time. If you hurt my feelings, it's okay. I'll stuff it. I'll move on. But I would have those volcanic you know, eruptions that you all are talking about. And I really was intentional to like work on, okay, I have to identify my emotions and, and process them. And I felt like I got very good at it until I got married. And then I realized, wow, this is a whole nother level of vulnerability. This is so scary oh my to say this to the person that I love the most that I actually care about his opinion the most. Mm. And you know, my husband actually surprised me at how great of a communicator he was because he would just be like, you know, this isn't that scary. Just communicate to me what you're feeling. And and I would really feel like, wow, I just feel like so like in this chokehold, like I can't get my emotions out. I think I know what I'm feeling, but I and it's like what you were saying of just like, you know, we throw these blanket statements of like, well, I just feel really stressed out. Well, why do you feel stressed out? Well, I don't know. And I literally couldn't get myself to process why I was feeling stressed out or overwhelmed. And so my question is like with people that have a really hard time identifying those poor emotions, what advice do you give them in order to get past those blanket emotions that we, we say to ourselves and really push through to figure out what is the core issue? Yeah. 
Well, that, you know, of course, we only have a few minutes with you guys today. So, you know, for those that are listening, we do have an e-course. We do have a book. Connectioncodes.co is our website. You find all of that on the website. Uh, you got to, first, it's acknowledgement. It's realizing, you know what? I actually could, could really get some help in this area. Like mm. an acknowledgement of this may be something that I need to research and learn about. So, you know, that's where we've kind of done all the work and, and we brought it to you in an easy way. And even the tools um, to give you, you know, we have a four minute tool that super helps in tuning into your own emotion and then being able to communicate it with uh, another person. And it, it's a, you know, it, it's an amazing way to conquer conflict in your marriage because you're getting to the core. And then we also teach just those other parts of it where the language, like what's happening instead of why are you stressed out? Because mm. even that language puts you on the defense. Mm. You think that you have to come up with the right answer. You have to be able to verbally say it eloquently mm. so the other person can receive it. And, and to justify yourself. And to justify yourself. Yeah. And so yeah. even taking why out of your interaction, out of your vocabulary, yeah. and kind of turning it towards what's yeah. happening with that. And even if someone comes to you, even someone who may not ever know what we're talking about today, but for you to go, even with a friend, if a friend says, I'm so stressed out, for you to go, why are you stressed out? Change that to what's happening with you yeah. and allowing them to verbalize um, because too often the answer of, I don't know why I'm stressed out is because something immediately shut down with you, the question why. The question why is such an accusation mm -hmm. that your defense yeah. system just shuts you down and then you go, I don't know. That's mm -hmm. safer. It's safer for me just to say, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But when someone actually opens the door with just saying a different language by saying what's happening with that, you feel mm -hmm. an invitation. You feel the door has opened. You feel safe to say, well, and then you're almost take a deep breath and mm -hmm. saying, the next thing. So with the connection codes, it's a lot of very uh, simple tools, not easy always, but simple tools that just change the way we view emotion. There's not good, bad, there just are. Emotions just are. They're just as much as your body needs oxygen, your body needs blood to function, your body needs water. We need emotions. They're, they're a gift. They're a guide. And there's not good ones and bad ones. They're just, they just are just like we have, you know, we, we don't walk into a room going, where's the good oxygen? I only want good oxygen. We just walk into the room breathing. We have oxygen all the time. So it's just, it's understanding. I think that's a lot of the e-course that is called foundations. It's just these, all these tools taught in a, scientific way from a faith-based source but it's incredible because it just it's like light bulbs go off i think that's you know we hear that all the time like oh my goodness that makes so much sense and then when you implement the even out of all the tools just implement one you begin to see such a shift in your relationships that you go okay that's amazing i'm gonna i want to i want to learn another one of those tools and 
then you start seeing that change so much in your marriage and your friendships and your family relationships. Yeah. It's really cool. You know, the core motion wheel was referenced. One of the, there's many aspects of it. One of the most powerful things about the connection codes, the, the core motion wheel is that for somebody like me who talks so much, it's shocking sometimes. Um, I always thought I was going to run out of words, but no, no, no I just, <laughs> um, it helps bring somebody like me down to just the science of it, the eight core emotions and convey that to her. That's manageable. If I give her a 45 minute presentation, she dozed off with her eyes open, you know, 30 minutes ago. She just can't handle all that. Uh, and Phyllis was on the other end of the spectrum where she was just a, a completely unaware, had no idea, number one, that she had emotions, number two, what those emotions were. And so it helps bring her out of herself so that I can get what's happening mm -hmm. uh, with her. Because I usually had no idea. And, uh, you know, it's about, we don't know exactly because it wasn't a business model, but you know, it was probably about six years ago that the Connection Codes really gelled. And when we started getting that, I was mesmerized. I probably learned more about this woman in the last two years than in four decades previous to that, because now I get to see her at her core. And I had no idea. So I mean, we tell you endless stories, things where I'm like, wait, what? No, that's not, that's not my wife. Who are you describing? And I'm just learning her. And I'm so fascinated, but it's because we do the core motion wheel so much that we start because the goal of the core motion wheel is to do it in real time and now for me to find out in real time that oh she gets it with fear there or guilt or shame or pain or whatever's happening then i can tune into her like crazy whereas 30 years ago uh she either wouldn't say anything or it would just be a, a an outburst of anger which is secondary anger. well and you know even saying he's getting to know me so much because i'm also getting to know myself so much so in the past two years, I've really more and more leaned into what's happening for me. And I, and I, I mean, things have been revealed to me, just I would say in the last two years that I just wasn't even aware of. And part of that is even acknowledging that I, you know, I was raised to, you know, to serve. I was raised in a, we were missionaries in Germany. Um, I was raised to kind of like you take everything that comes at you so you don't complain you just take it and you so you don't acknowledge that you have needs and you don't acknowledge that you have pain points and i thought that even as a christian that that is you do that you just you know you just are meant to absorb that's kind of our cross to bear and i'm not going to verbalize that well that's a real pain point for me and so the the hiddenness in that it it's so destructive for me, but it's also so unfair to him and so destructive to our relationship because I'm never acknowledging what I need or that I have pain points that may or may not be able to change. But then it's like I'm just carrying that all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, he doesn't know because I'm not telling him. So, you know, a lot of all of this leads you into a path of true authenticity. And when you're in a, a relationship of safety, you begin to see, I can share this. And you, you take almost, you take the judgment off of yourself. You take the judgment out of it. You just realize I, I do have needs and I, 
you know, I feel sadness in that where he may feel joy in that, mm. you know, it's kind of like going to the movies. You may experience this movie. He thinks, Oh man, the best movie, the, you know, joy, joy. And I'm like, Oh, that was the saddest movie. And it's like, we just see it differently. There's no judgment on that. It's just the way we experienced it. And there's so much of life that we experience differently. And we, we've been together 40 years and we still see things differently. And that's like, now we can just in safety say what's, what's happening for us. And there's not a judgment on it. Yeah. 30 years ago, those were conflict points. Constantly. Right, right. I mean, every day, all day long, literally year after year, after year, after year. And I, really all we got to, and we were viewed as a successful marriage after a while because we didn't fight all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think what an incredibly low level, what a low standard that, oh, well, look at them. They don't fight all the time. Yeah, it's just because we pulled apart from each other so much. We were just living parallel lives. We mm -hmm. lived at the same address. We were married. We just didn't fight. People thought that that was a stellar accomplishment. That's so sad that that's our working definition of marriage. Yeah, wow, that's powerful. I feel like we could, the more you talk, the more I want to know. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is really good. Let's keep talking. I know we said 30 minutes, but let's do an hour and a half. <laughs> but no, just to honor your guys' time um, in closing, like what would be like the biggest piece of practical advice that you would give to our listeners who you know, are, are connecting with what you're saying of just like, man, I either find that I can't identify these emotions myself or I identify them, but I'm, I'm having a really vulnerable time sharing them and not wanting to share them or, or just any piece of advice at all. Like what would be your biggest piece of advice that you would give to listeners? So if you don't know anything about the connection codes, you're going to have to dig in. You'll have to read the book, do the e-course. But if you are already uh, familiar with all this material, do the core emotion wheel every day. And what we mean by every day is like every, every day. day. <laughs> it's a little tricky for some people. It's like, what do you mean by every day? It's it's the you know it's oh, it's awakening your brain. It's saying I want to know. It's it's what is happening to you, and the wheel gets you. It's, it's like it becomes this habit that your brain begins to tune into and it awakens you to what's there. It's there. It's just dormant. It's been hushed for so long that you're unable to even connect to it. So doing the core emotion wheel every day. And if you're married, do this together. Like it, you can do it by yourself, but the power is when you're doing it together. And that is a tool that will definitely change your marriage. It will change your life. Um, and it's a four-minute exercise every day. Yeah. There's a connection code where we say brush your teeth every day, do the core emotion wheel every day. Because, again, it takes four minutes. It's pretty yeah. stunning. I don't know anything that's going to, to multiply the effectiveness of it. And, it, I mean, because, again, sitting on having a one-hour conversation, well, fine, that's great. I mean, I'm all for that. But... For something to take four minutes, and you'll get it down to two and a half, three minutes of total time, which is amazing. And I'm sure that you'll mention all these things, but you know, there. If you go to our website immediately, it encourages you to do a mm. free three day course. So start there. Yeah. Um, follow us on Instagram at Connection Codes. Order the book on Amazon. The the Connection Codes. 
there's so many ways to jump in um, to this whole experience. And yeah, there's a lot that is put out. We put out a lot on Instagram and teach and teach. We want this message to spread. So, and we love being on podcasts. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we'd love to come back and do the other hour and a half. <laughs> yes, we would love it. <laughs> you guys are so amazing. And that core emotion wheel is so profound. It, it really does. It like breaks the stigma, I think, towards emotions. And it's this oh. accelerated way to have heart connection with people instead of like you said, Dr. Glenn, you know, taking an hour to kind of pinpoint mm. something that your brain or your heart's processing. And so that is so profound. I've heard so many testimonies too yeah. of different couples doing it every day for a year and you can so see the fruit. And so it's so powerful for all of our listeners. Connection codes will transform your life, mm. you know, grab their book, sign up for their courses. I want to gift it to everybody because it's changed my life so much. So hey. you guys are such a gift. And Brittany and I just bless you both. We are so excited and you know honored that we got to chat with you today. And we are just so grateful for the mantle of your ministry and just all the impact that you guys have all over the world. It's creating such a ripple effect. And we want you guys to know that it is transforming so many people's lives. So we're so grateful for you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you. Wow, we hope you guys were so blessed by the Connection Codes and Dr. Glenn and Phyllis. Aren't they so powerful? We are so excited for you guys to follow along on their journey. Make sure to follow along on their journey on Instagram at Connection Codes. And you can also go to their website, connectioncodes.co, where you can schedule private sessions with them, parenting e-courses, couples e-courses, marriage e-courses, and everything about the connection codes. They are so powerful. Grab a copy of their book. We're so happy you're on this journey with us. Grab a friend. Life is better shared together. And we'll catch you on our next episode. Love y'all.